Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Funny enough, Scarlet Nexus is an anime game, by the way. Just so people don't realize. Not paying attention. Yes, I am discussing anime and playing anime at the same time. I am multitasking, baby. Ain't that the way to go? Isn't that the way to go forward? We're just waiting for Dan to join back in. Sorry, I had to cut out sixty minutes because yeah, I, I know, think it's I know. good that we're gonna have like a two-parter for this because we're gonna go into some other stuff. Because yeah, I want to talk to you guys. Yeah, because I want to talk to you guys about what do you feel about the anime movies compared to the anime, like animes in general, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Stuff that's basically made it worldwide, mm. and it's still going forward to this day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where is this boy? But first, are you talking about like the movies of then versus now, or are you talking about the movies of what it is, what it represents now? Yeah, what it represents now, brother. Yo. Oh, he's in. Yeah, there, he's back. Yeah, so he's back. Yeah, so people, so welcome to, yeah, part two of the... Teddy Hoggle podcast between with Un- Unlucky Retro and Dan the Sofa Soldier. I'm not going to do the whole Teddy Hoggle thing again because I-, I can't be bothered right now. We've been talking for a very long time. Like, comment, oh. and subscribe, or else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's do it. Three days have passed since they've listened to the part two, anyway. So, um, part two now is going to be about kind of the same thing. So, you, the last time that they heard us speaking, we were talking about. The V, was it called VTubers? I would have probably, yeah. I would have probably watched it by now. By the time we've actually this podcast has come out, but I am going to check it out, guys. I'm going to see what this VTuber thing is actually about. There's a lot of whatever you're into. There's a VTuber for it. So good luck. I mean, I'm not necessarily a fan myself, but because I watch anime in general just on YouTube and all that kind of thing, like funny videos and stuff they do come up and i do see what they are but, it's interesting to yeah. see what people are doing with that technology themselves even if it's it is true. some like ghetto as fuck set up like with a random anime girl avatar and everything mm-hmm. it's it, it's cool that like regular people can be creative with that for yeah, just one step money now I've seen some people on uh, TikTok. They make some really good TikTok animations. Like I see them like fighting and they will, the guy was like, oh, it took me like a week to edit this and he's fighting his friend and he's animated the whole thing. And it looks like some epic fight scene. It's, uh, I've seen them do that, but I've just, Sounds I've been like most after like, effects and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how they yeah. do that type of stuff, but all these kids nowadays, they say they can make anime videos within seconds. And I'm just like, I'm confused. I'm like, I tell you now, if I had this technology when I was your age, oh, mate, I'll, I'll, the shit I'll be making now would be unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? True. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So when it comes to animation from different countries, let's say Western, let's not, let's, not, let's not do Japan, let's do China, even Korea. So we yeah. can do from Korea, they had um, God of High School. And yeah. from Japan, from, from China, they had um, Hata Noshita. Nushi, no, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And where um, I would say Castlevania from the Western world, because I'm not calling yeah. that Japanese anime. And Avatar. Are these guys, are these countries catching up? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say. They're, they've already probably caught, they've already caught up. But it, it does fall back into that. American have their own style. American are more comedy based and their animation kind of represents their kind of comedy. 
when they do go serious, you do find it does turn more Japanese, like Castlevania, for example. I mean, considering Castlevania is Japanese anyway, I kind of feel it's 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 only right for it to be in a Japanese animated art style. Yes,、yeah. you can. You'll see that kind of American cleanness. I find that American sh- cartoons and stuff have that kind of clean sheen over it, like it's straight line, to- straight yeah, like a straight line type of. I know there's, a, there's a very polished, shiny look to it. Yeah,、okay. you can just see that, and especially you, know, you can see it in Castlevania on certain scenes, like when characters are speaking and stuff. But then they do have those moments where you can, and I must hold Castlevania to to high、uh, respect. When their fight scenes happen, you could see the、uh, cleanness in the animation, the stretching and the、uh, the movement that they use.、Um, you got that Netflix money, baby. It, it oh looks, yeah. The fight scenes in that are amazing. Like I said, my one of my most favorites is when one of the the vampires. The vampire knight—I always forget her name, but she's my favorite. Like the big Russian one. She. Oh yeah. Scene where it's, in my opinion, a homage to Berserk, and it just looks amazing the way the artwork. Oh yeah. Her, her whole like her whole look is just like Berserk all over.、Mm, like. Yeah, she reminds、uh, me of Berserk, and there's a character I don't know if you guys know from Samurai Shodown. His name is called Asura. If、oh, I'm、yeah. not wrong, he's like this black. Like, he, if you look at him and you look at her, you'll see the similarities, in my opinion, anyway. But I think that might be a bit too like、uh, niche and <laughs> people might、uh, not. No, like I, I, I know enough about Samurai Shodown to know the, the the character and everything. But like, yeah, with Castlevania, you notice it. Like, despite the way they use CG and 3D in it, which I think is actually very tasteful.、Mm-hmm. Like, they don't overdo it. They do it when it enhances the effect of the animation, and、yeah. it's never the main focus of making the show look good. They know、mm. it looks good, and they don't have to do, you know, perspective trickery to do that,、exactly. uh, unless it's in very specific shots. But yeah, like you just you look at fight scenes, like the the OG fight scene between, like the final big fight between、oh. Alucard and Dracula through the castle, where they're using like blood magic. And moving at like super speed, and everything,、mm-hmm. and the way that's drawn, like in a lot of the slow mo shots, and and know, that was all... season one. Yeah, exactly. Like that was that was before it got even better and an even bigger budget. But like、mm-hmm. right out the gate, they you know they had a style that they wanted.、Um, they knew how to execute it, and they just they nailed it. They. Respected the original source material and like the artwork, you know, that had kind of defined it. Yeah. And they just chose to use the modern technology to kind of enhance the effects rather than, you know, just glam it up for a Western audience, which they could、yeah. easily have done. You know, it could have really affected the the show it ended up being. But yeah, props to them, you know, and.、Uh, You know, we're seeing it more and more, like you say, with like Crunchyroll and other services that are doing like their own kind of like branded,、uh, their own produced series. You know,、mm. like God of High School and stuff. And like that's that was my first exposure, really knowingly, to like、uh, to make where mainstream Korean animation is at now. And like、mm. you say, like you know, I think. 
they've caught up technically in terms of you know what's available to them as animators and as writers and stuff like that the technology and the sharing of that information and those techniques is you know like it, that's publicly and culturally available to everybody now um yeah what they what they lack is that it's the brand power isn't it you know like the, the presence that's japan and the west in two very different ways have both cemented that um that dominance through because you know everybody knows disney everybody knows studio ghibli or you know oh, um, oh it's t- uh, funimation or something like that you know uh, but in terms of the younger studios in korea and and china like they've only really just started to um, get the individual funding and the backing to put out you know their first big um, releases through services like Netflix and Crunchyroll and stuff and it's like they've yet to prove themselves in terms of like the staying power of their brand Mm. so I think they're they're younger and they've definitely got a lot of talent but if they want to be as culturally relevant as you know like the west or japan is in terms of animation that shit just takes time it takes yeah, time it, it, you it, have to put out a lot of work you know and that it's going to take them a while before they catch up in terms of like public presence but mm. in terms of the capability and what they can do you know it's pretty much the same for everyone these days you know with yeah, technology it's, it's... See for me, it's I, I don't know with the, with Korea, Korean, sorry, um, like anime and stuff like that. One of my first, I believe, was Sky Blue. It was a movie oh, called Sky. Yeah, Blue. I haven't watched that actually. Yeah, I think that was my first actual like where I kind of. I just meant in terms of like a series, an anime series, oh, yeah, rather but, than a film. Yeah, no, no. So that was what it was. Was that I? To be honest, I think Korea, Korea are focused on other things. Their animation is one thing, yes, obviously it's a, it's still a fresh thing, but I think what Korea folks more than anything is actual like films themselves. If you notice a lot of- Yeah, Korean they've always had a big cinema presence. Yeah, Old Boy, for example, Lady Vengeance, even the new uh, film that won the Oscar, um, Parasite. Parasite. Yeah, that's uh, Korean are uh, more in the kind of movie, and they don't—not that they don't need animation, but that's where they lie. And also, when it comes to like uh, gaming in general, on certain things, Overwatch, League of Legends, and stuff yeah, like they have in their schools, kind of they have dedicated things for Korean kids to take it in as a job. It's seen as as a big thing in their country. Oh yeah, esports is a huge yeah, business. So their focus is on other things. But funny enough, what people don't realize is a lot of American cartoons and stuff are actually touched up by a lot of Korean artists. If you look really? in the credits, yeah, surprising. Yeah, yeah they outsource you, a lot of stuff. Yeah, if you look in the credits of most like American films and I mean like cartoons and even probably some Warner Brother um, animations. You'll see that a lot of Koreans are there to finish up on the artwork and the touching up and and uh, stuff like that. So they do have a kind of um, place in animation and stuff, but they're just not very bold about it because their focus is somewhere else. Correct me if I'm wrong, James. Sorry to cut in very, very briefly. Um, 
but I believe one of the studios that does like the post production VFX and everything for Castlevania is actually a Korean. Yeah, it probably um, would be some really? studio. Yeah, so yeah. like, and it's just what they focus on they're more when it comes yeah, in the animated studio. They're more focused on films and esports and even K pop music, for example. Like yeah. that's that's K drama as well, like yeah. T V series. Like, no, look, super, super popular. You can see tons of them. I've watched a few myself, you know. It's and I think that's where they focus and animation isn't as important to them, maybe. No. I wouldn't say it's not, but you know, I think their animation talent mostly comes in the, in terms of the video game industry, yeah. and then take that they, they come in, they come in to do that, and then they end up, you know, doing stuff for, um, film projects or anime series mm. or whatever, you know, mm. and the Chinese freelancing and stuff. When it comes to Chinese, it's just films in general. Chinese are more, mm. you know, kung fu films and. Um, they have a huge audience when it comes to just, you know, just Chinese like martial art and action films. Yeah. yeah, and historical like, you know, Chinese war and just, you know, Dynasty Warriors and, you know, all the, oh, the great, you know, that makes my favorite you know what I mean, like all the great Chinese Lubu and stuff like that. They, they, they focus a lot more on that kind of thing. Not saying that obviously, but as you can see, like I said earlier, the Chinese gaming industry is now now just coming out of nowhere. You know, it's it's not. Yeah. But they. I mean, but they are been in there. The exactly. For years. Mobile, you like... know what I mean? Yeah, they've been there for ages, but they've only just kind of come out in the gaming like AAA kind of level. And I feel that's the same with Korea when it comes to animation. They are kind of yeah. they're there in the background, but now they've, they've only just got the backing yeah. to start doing exactly. it on a big scale now. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my opinion on that. You know what it is? It's the newer generation that are saying, like, these countries have this, why can't we do the same thing? And if they get, like, a good investor, with, like, and with mm. these Netflix producers and all these investors from Netflix that are going around the world and they're seeing these little projects, that's what I was saying. I like Netflix quite on Funimation for actually going out and exploring and going to other countries and finding these animes because that um Hata Nushita, the one that we saw James on the train mm -hmm. and we watched that so they've completely gone away from the studio that it was before and now they've gone into this new studio and they've just like literally just ripped out the spinal cord and put one back in and now it's fucking Iron Man do you know what I mean mm. and it's like this anime's completely changed and I like these type of these new these new developments that we're seeing in anime and I will say the future for anime is kind of bright because of the spark of i have to say again um marvel now coming out with all now they're in phase four it's never better of a time to be a geek because before i remember back in the day it's were acceptable finally, <laughs> finally we're, not alone. <laughs> we're not alone anymore and me even me even having an anime podcast is not saying before that it was like not frowned upon or anything like that but it was mainly you didn't have nothing to talk about and then look at us today now nearly what two hours an hour and 50 minutes we're talking about anime in a sense where we like we're so much to talk about you know you can yeah, see it yeah. everywhere they've got um anime theme parks they've got anime all over the place there's nowhere in the world now you can't go and find a little bit of anime because i swear i saw a german anime the other day and i couldn't believe it and it was like a small little like uh, 15 minute clip that they were putting it's given, together it's also given an like anime 
companies as well this kind of globalization of it it's given them so many uh ideas from different cultures of mm. like telling a different story in a traditional japanese anime way but with foreign characters and cultures and stuff like that yeah and you know you see that with things like vinland saga like vinland saga oh, yeah. is an, yeah, saga is an like entire like it's set in norse mythology mm. but it's animated and written in a very japanese way mm. <laughs> you know yeah, that was and, a strange one. That was on Amazon Prime only for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. it's but it's blown up, you know, yeah. like it's it's done really, really well, you know. So and okay, for good so, when reason. You, so when you say that then you talk about Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. I know Dan, I know you watched it because you recommended Invincible to me. I couldn't believe yeah. that. What did you uh, James, did you see Invincible? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I mean so Dan, what did you think about Invincible? What did you think about it? It was it was it was unbelievable. I, I loved Invincible, but then again, like I um I didn't read Invincible when it originally came out because it came out first in 2003 uh, and I was into comics then but um, I was very much going through a phase of you know re- like going through all of the old great stuff that I'd missed and I wasn't really keeping up with contemporary comics at the time um, but I read uh, around the, t- the same time I read uh, Fables, which is what uh, The Wolf Among Us is based off of. Yeah. Based off of, um, by Bill Willingham. Uh, I started reading um, Invincible, like, because it had come out in, like, a condensed graphic novel form and everything, and you could buy it, and it wasn't ridiculously expensive <laughs> paperbacks and stuff that you usually get, you know. Um, so I read through, like, the, the series so far and one thing i really noticed as somebody who's like read the original comics is how faithfully they're telling the story but they've changed parts of it just enough that it completely works on the screen you know it's not just written page for page they've actually changed the writing and way certain scenes play out in a specific way to make it look much better on screen and for allowing the animators to do new things as opposed to like just recreating what was in the original comic book you know they can now frame a shot or an action scene in a completely different way or they can have two characters that weren't initially supposed to be in the same scene in the comic books together because they've rewritten the comic in a way because you know they have to fit like the first run of the comics into essentially just a few episodes and i watched an interview with um the creator um of invincible and he said yeah you know we had to completely change the way we write things in order to fit it into like a specific like you know how many episodes was it was it like was it 10 or yeah 12 yeah Yeah, we had to fit the whole first saga into like you know 10 episodes basically when it's like almost it's almost like twice as many comic books and stuff like that so the way they did that um i thought was really cool i just i loved invincible i thought it was very well done the art style was super clean um but not like i said you know it wasn't it wasn't cgi'd up it didn't look bad it was Mm -hmm. you know it was crisp it was clean it looked comic book and it looked like it had its own identity as well, which I think is the most important it thing, did. you know. It did, it did have its own identity. And it's one of those animes, I'll be honest, if I like it, 
that much, I don't review it because I don't want to shit on it. Because I don't yeah, want to sound really biased like this is one of the best animes I've seen. And I don't want to go against my judgment and be like, but there was this and but. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I just let it. Yeah. I watched I mean, it and, and I didn't review it. For me, The Invisible was okay. It was good. I mean, I, I like I said, I'd heard of it um, because it's part of like the image comics and all that kind of thing. I had, I had heard of it, but I never really... I was reading um, Iron Fish Chimmy. I don't know if anybody remembers Iron Fish Chimmy. Um, that was like about this kung fu boy who they every obviously every episode well I should say um, every issue of the book he would go against someone and they would have this really amazing special technique and he would learn it as the book went along and eventually use it against them in his own way at the end so um, but yeah no I, I thought it was good I mean it was good obviously the story it told it kind of had a twist on the superhero you know actually kind of showing them for who they really were you know real life and how how what they do how up a society like that could exactly. be as well how yeah. it can affect people in general you know when they, you see those scenes in like avengers and stuff like that you know there are points you're telling me you've never stood there and thought to yourself where are all the people and how are they not all dying like it's, yeah it's like how are these these normal civilians not being crushed by all these cars dropping from the sky and the world turning in on itself and you know and it has that this is what would really happen in that situation if you know superheroes are around the boys yeah, are it, very similar it doesn't pull any punches in terms of like collateral damage that's caused yeah, by exactly. that sort of stuff and that's and the, the boys for that reason very... alone that's why it stands out i think mm. and a lot of people badly compared it to the boys and were like well but i've already seen this i've watched the boys i was like no this this was th this was a thing like 15 years before oh, yeah, the boys definitely. even existed <laughs> like it's already an established like story and i was like J just go into it with zero expectations and don't try and compare it to anything and let it tell its story yeah, you can't, when you watch it you can't really because when i watched it i thought no i'm gonna go with a clean slate i'm not even gonna think about marvel i'm not gonna think about everything i'm just gonna watch this cartoon i'm gonna watch this cartoon and see what it did and it did me justice i binge watched it i watched it all in one day and i was like wow but then when you think about it you're right when you start thinking about marvel you and you're starting I mean, to get yourself it's true why are these people in invincible people getting smashed by cars in Marvel, in that New York scene where the Avengers come to New York, <laughs> no civilians die. You don't know that the Avengers were perfect. In Invincible, you realize if one superhero did turn on you, it's over. It's it's that it's a yeah. collateral, like it's, it's, a, it's a very different style of storytelling, though, because yeah. the Marvel heroes are meant to be just that they're meant to be heroes. In yeah. Invincible, they are just super people. Yeah, and that's a very different thing, you know, which requires a completely different writing style and vision for like the how you want to design characters and stuff like that. And also, that's the kind of the yeah. freedom that modern comic writers have now is that like a lot of these big set in stone franchises like Captain America, right? You know, like you can do stuff with Captain America, you can make controversial writing decisions, but his character and who he is is still you know this kind of wartime propaganda superhero you know like steve he's steve rogers and 
though the mantle has been passed, the Steve Rogers character and who he is can never really be changed. He's rooted in that time and that culture, and that's part of his character. But with like with newer stuff now, you've just got so much more freedom when it comes to superheroes. It's like, yeah, they can't always be perfect. Why don't we tell that story mm, instead yeah. of like we're not bound to this old character who had these moral guidelines and stuff like that we can set up something totally different and make it our own and invincible was like one of the first to do that really in like the in terms of um like its style of writing and pulling zero punches outside of guys like you know frank miller and yeah and stuff like that who who'd done it you know before uh, it was kind of the first modern one, I would say, in terms of how comics are published now, mm. um, to do that and popularise it. But yeah, like I, I loved Invincible. I thought it was super fun. It was really yeah, well done. No, that's that. It was it was it was a different take. I think I've never seen the boys before, but I have been hearing good things about it. Basically, the boys is just a. You know, like how Invincible is about, like just people, super people, just being normal. It's just human. It's the other way around. The villains are villains. The villains are the superheroes because they know that they're superheroes, and the people that are trying to stop them are just normal humans. Yeah, they're the boys. So it's 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 a take on. How do you go against something that you know you're not physically capable of beating? And it's just, yeah. yeah. And it's just okay. as dark and as violent as. Yeah, as, but it's told from a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so did you guys watch Jupiter's Legacy? Did you guys no. see it? Uh, I didn't actually. I, I heard it kind of flopped and fell on its ass. They cancelled it, it after one yeah, season. It was, <laughs> it was one of those things where you're watching it and you're like, I don't understand what's going on. I didn't. I didn't like the costume design straight off the bat. I was like, I can see what they're trying to do. And I looked at the source material. Mm. And I was like, yeah. But it just doesn't look great on those actors. Like It didn't. It didn't. And that's the one thing about it. Marvel took a chance on the actors they picked, and they need to understand that we've been watching these guys for 10 years grow into these characters. Mm. These guys that you had in Jupiter's Legacy, I didn't know any of them. And even if we did, they were in a couple of films like back in like what the, the early 2000s, but it was like who really cared who they were? Do you know what I mean? It was like normally, I, mean, I know a did. lot of them had done TV and stuff like that and had been successful in their own right. I just don't think that they. It, with the writing the way it was, I don't think it translated well to them appearing on screen and being believable as those characters. Really, that's the thing. It's like Marvel, like you say, have had years to kind of build up this this lore and this universe with a team like amazingly talented writers between Marvel and Disney and stuff like that, and some of the original creators and stuff as well, specifically for like the Winter Soldier arc and all of that. Um, stuff that was created later in Marvel's comic timeline where they could actually you know have input from the original creators whereas Jupiter's legacy like I think stuff like that that's kind of seen as like a response to this well not Marvel dominance but like they're leading the industry in terms of what they do yep. you see this has happened with DC and their cinematic universe and how it's it's been really touch and go in terms of them 
trying to play catch up when what they really should be doing is just laying a foundation. And well, like I said, people told me that when um, Jack, um, Jack Schneider was, he made the that new um, editor's cut version of Just League. Everyone's like, oh no, he's not going to do anymore. The Snyder cut, yeah. And then I heard again, I was saying to people, no, he is going to do another one now because you think Warner Brothers and when I look at that film, see it's going to do well on the first day that uh, basically the first day to pay per view buys and you think they're not going to give him another contract to do another one and what did you hear to get that three days later Jack Snyder's working on Justice League 2 I thought well of course he's going to be you think they're going to take they're not going to not give him that money to do it do you know what I mean there's no way and they're not going to give him that money to do it yeah I also think though that if you're Zack Snyder and you've been dealing with fucking um, the way like he was treated by Warner Brothers and stuff like that and all his weird contractual obligations and how difficult it's been to actually get the film that he wanted to make in the first place made and eventually released mm. it's taken all of this like if you're him and you've kind of got that freedom now that you've put the film out and you're kind of done with it do you really want to like sign the dotted line with them again or are you just going to wait because if I was a director I'd be waiting for like Marvel to say hey do you want to come and do you know some phase four shit for us I'd be he like, yeah, because like you'd just have like you'd be immediately entering like with a bunch of people who like really already know the shit and the story they want to tell, and it's just so much easier as a director to do that and to get on with people than have to navigate the same fucking murky fields of like executive oversight of your project or whatever he's had to deal with with one I think they should give so him the new I think they should give him the new task of trying to him trying to break to try and bring together the new Avengers because there's so many characters now and I think if they have like Captain America or Witness Soldier, I don't know if they're gonna pick Killmonger or Cheerly to be the new Black Panther. Then you've got that Wanda, she's running around, you've got the new vision. I don't know if they're gonna put X-Men in it because they're trying to get Patrick Stewart to play Xavier again mm. but he's saying he won't do it no I think it's one of the others one of them is basically saying they're not doing it unless the other one's in it so it's like yeah. how are they going to do this do you know what I mean like, how are they going to pick um, what's his go? what's that guy's name that plays Wolverine um, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman he's not going to do it again like yeah but, yeah, the but only, if they the only way, they, the they only way they successful pull up the only way they successfully pull off mutants in the MCU is if they use phase four to kind of like phase that in with stuff like Eternals and and all of that and the the Doctor Strange, you know, like multi like badness of the multiverse or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. And they bring mutants in through the kind of well, the they've already started with Loki. I don't know if you're watching Loki, but they've already started uh, the multiverse. I, I haven't started watching it yet. I'm just waiting well, for it all to come start- out. Yeah, they've already started the the uh, phase four with Loki with the multiverse. You've already saw in the last episode, no spoilers, but you saw, you know, the um the head of you know the first what was that guy that fought um Wasp um, Ant Man and Wasp in the first film? Oh. You know the villain, that guy that could fly, the one that could go small as well, over there. Like a wasp, yeah, yeah. like a wasp. Yeah. Say again? Yeah. It's the name yeah, of the actual. Yeah. yeah, his his head was in one of the scenes, 
And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. And then I rewinded it back and I looked again and I thought, yeah, that's his head. So they are jumping around in the multiverses and doing certain things. So you are going to see, they could introduce the Marvel, like the mutant universe into it, but it's just going to be how they're going to do it. I think it will, will, they'll do it in a way where it's a new origin story, where they'll set it up and, you know, those, those characters will all be there in their universe, their world already. And it will be like, you're coming from the perspective of a Marvel hero from an already established universe trying to figure out what's going on in like their dimension and stuff like that. And you'll meet them and they'll already have established stories and then they'll have like they'll be they'll just they'll have their own chances to do spin-off films after they introduce it. So I think they're gonna just assume that everybody knows what X-Men is already. They don't need to do a huge amount of setup and they'll just slowly introduce mutants as sub characters in other stories until there's enough to you know warrant expanding it on its own again just solely yeah. through marvel and disney before i end what well, i end this i believed that that's why we did eternals because i believed eternals was going to bring in mutants because they're there because they're here to shape who we are and to basically to yeah. just watch us not influence i believe that eternals were going to show us mutants in their film and then that's how they were going to bring the arc actually into it because all it all it needs to start with is like apocalypse and they need to show us like one woman in egypt she sees apocalypse he goes to sleep and then like, like oh yeah, he's a pocket you know what i mean and then he could just just go with it yeah. like, i don't know but guys no, I'm, I'm really excited for eternals go on then exactly mate but i have to wrap this up man it's been an hour and 30 minutes man i do yeah. thank you for everything that you have done no worries, bro. today believe me it's been a good conversation very good very good so oh, Dan, it's a pleasure man exactly my dan sign yourself off mate oh okay uh so i'm dan i'm um, a video editor producer and various other things um you can find me at mr daniel sam on twitter um I also uh, stream on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash pre-rendered powers. I have a couple of um, work things coming up, um, namely maybe some video editing stuff in the future for uh, some UK fighting game uh, channels and also a new offer I uh, I got today, which I need to, to chase up as well. So. In terms of further details of what I do, um, I'll be keeping everyone informed as things unfold for me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. good one, James. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm unlucky retro. Um, but I love anime. I've been watching it for 25 <laughs> years. There's nothing I really don't know. Keep myself up to date. So if there's anything you want to know, give Teddy a buzz and I'll answer the question for you. Exactly. Exactly. No, he gets. I can be honest with you, he gets a lot of buzz. Waifu Dictionary. Yeah. He's got a lot of, yeah, he gets a lot of buzz, especially for these anime questions and stuff like that. So I like to bring the people that are getting the most buzz, I like to to bring them back on and you two get the most buzz. So I'm thinking to myself, look, hey, let's keep the channel rolling. We try, man. No idea if it's popular or interesting. Oh, no, no, you are. You know, we're mainstream now, we're normies. Mm Yeah, no, people ask questions, so I do what I do, I do what the talent wants, you know what I mean? But this one has been a part one and part two. I can't believe I actually done a part one. I haven't done a part one, part two in 
like a year. I can't believe this actually. Mm-hmm. So, people, I've been your boy Teddy Hoggle. Um, this second part two will be out. I hope to bring you guys back in the future anyway, so we can talk yeah. about other stuff. Just need to yeah, find other sure, topics man. and then find it, figure out. Okay, people, so I've been your boy today again. Subscribe and all that other jazz. Later, dudes. That's always. Later, man. <laughs>